take your Bibles this morning, Mark chapter number 7, Mark chapter number 7. We're here last week and we're going to dive deeper into this passage today. Really, I'm stealing a sermon this morning, just so you know. Say, whose sermon are you stealing? I'm stealing Jesus' sermon that he gave to the disciples here when they asked him a little bit more about what he was talking about. And so, I don't mind stealing other human sermons because they stole it from someone else too at times. But preaching Jesus' sermon, that's a different story. And we look at our passage today, Mark chapter number 7. We're going to be in verse 14 through 23 this morning, and we'll go through that through the message. Don't have a bunch of points, very simple points this morning, but a truth that needs to be talked about today. Before we get to the scripture, hold your place there. And I was praying all week long, and as I was working on this message for several weeks, I was trying to figure out how am I going to introduce and go forward with the message. And even last night, late when I was still working, I did not know. And then this morning, while I was sitting up here, while Caroline was giving announcements, it clicked. It took a while to click, but it clicked. Sometimes I'm slow, and sometimes I just, things just don't click like they should. So in my head, it clicked. The way it comes out, it might not click. Well, you'll just have to see. So hopefully it clicks all the way around this morning. If we go back to the beginning, Adam and Eve in the garden, they sinned. God gave them animal skins to wear and a sacrifice was made. And for the, you got to think about this, when it comes to sin, a sacrifice has to be made. We see that after that time that mankind continued to get worse. And the Bible tells us in the book of Gen in Genesis chapter number 6 that every thought of the heart of man was evil continually. And God sent a flood to the earth and Noah and his family got on the ark. And it's like God did a little reset and then Noah and his family get off the ark, and Noah has a vineyard. Noah gets drunk. And the wickedness that happened before, more wickedness continues. The children of Israel, we go down the line of things. And the children of Israel are in Egypt in bondage. And God says, I'm going to send a deliverer and I'm going to get you out of bondage. And God does. He raises up Moses. Moses leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then we know the story for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. Because they didn't believe that God could do what he said he could do. They finally get to the promised land. And then they don't listen to God and do things his way and drive out all the people like they're supposed to. And we see that God's whole plan for the children of Israel was for them not to be like every other nation. And then we see over time, they ended up being just like every other nation. In the book of Judges, we see chaos. We see they get taken captive. We see the chastisement of God on his people. And for a certain amount of time, they would be in bondage. 
God would raise up a judge. They would get out of bondage. They would go back to doing what they were doing before. And then God would punish them again. Then they would cry out for help after a while. And then God would send a judge. And it was a vicious cycle that kept going. Finally, Israel raises up a king. They want to be like everyone else. Starts with Saul. They had David, a man after God's own heart, Solomon, and then we go through the list of all the different kings. We see the tribes of Israel get split into two, and you have Israel and you have Judah. Israel gets taken captive long before Judah ever does, because they God. We see that Judah doesn't learn its lesson, and they do the same things, and God puts them in bondage for 70 years. And during those 70 years, they finally get to go back to the promised land. And yet they get there, the foundation's laid for the temple, and the building stops. They end up building the temple, they end up building the wall. But even after all that they've been through and all the craziness of things, we see the end of Nehemiah. We see the fact that they were going right back to the things they were doing before. The Old Testament shows us over and over again that God gave his people chance after chance and tried to help them move forward. The passage of scripture we're at today, I believe, is one of the most important things that Jesus ever talked about. Because you can take people and change their environment. You can change their education. You can change who they hang around. But at the end of the day, that isn't where evil comes from. Evil, bad, is inside of each and every one of us. Because the problem is the heart. That's why in the book of Jeremiah it talks about the heart being desperately wicked above all things. And also that the Lord said, I will give you a new heart. See, the only hope this world has, this world on its own, will never get to a better place. Never has been able to and never will be able to. If you expect society in this world to get better, you are mistaken this morning. Because society in this world will never get better it's only going to get worse. You see, the only hope we have today, you watch the news, you see the craziness of people and all the things that go on around us, the only hope we have today is that new heart that the Lord can create. That's what this passage is all about. So go back with me to the beginning of the chapter, and we're going to read what we read last week, and then we're going to dive into the new stuff today. Verse number one, then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of the disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be which they have received a hold as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and, other, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, 
Why walk not the disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he answered and said unto them, Well, hath Elias prophesied of you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Today's text, we continue on. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people... His disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these the evil things come from within and defile the man. This is revolutionary what Jesus is talking about here. Because the Pharisees, they focused on, hey, if you do these outward things right, you will be all right. In fact, there are a lot of religious people today that live their life. If you take care of the externals, you'll be okay. That's not the heart of the gospel. That's not the truth of what Jesus has to say here. And so, going from the Old Testament to this passage, we see the fact, the problem all the way along, and the problem still today, is the heart. We look at people and people say, well, it's the environment I'm in. No, it's not the environment you're in. Oh, it's this and that. No, out of the heart, these things come. Why is society so wicked today? Because it's within us. 
That's where it comes from. That's what we're going to talk about for a little bit this morning. And the disciples didn't even quite get it. And Jesus had to repeat himself over and over again in this passage to try and get this to them. And I hope for the next few minutes we're able to see what the Lord has to say here and apply it to our lives and help us today. Father, we need you. And I thank you for the time that we have to be here this morning. Bless your people. Bless the time in your word. Help us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Three points. Number one, we see the call by Jesus. We see the call by Jesus. Verse 14 tells us, And when he had called all the people unto himself, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand, there is nothing from without a man that entereth into him that can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is calling the attention of the people here. Hey, I've got something important to say. You need to listen up right now. You see, he used the word hearken. It means listen to hear. Hey, focus in. Jesus is telling them, hey, focus in on what I'm about to say. And then he says, and understand, you need to comprehend. Not only do you need to listen, but I want you to comprehend what I'm trying to say right here. And in this passage, he's basically calling three groups of people. Between the Pharisees and the scribes, the people or the crowd, and then eventually just the disciples in the house. And as we look here, what Jesus is about to talk about is going to blow some of their minds, crush some of their thinking. And let me just remind you today that when Jesus comes and when his word crushes a tradition of ours or our thinking, the book is always right. I wish I could get more Christians to just be followers of the book. That's what we need today. I am a Baptist today. I'm a Baptist by conviction. I don't apologize for being a Baptist. But long before I was ever a Baptist, and I will always be a man of this book right here. And if a Baptist tradition doesn't line up with this book, guess what, buddy? This book is where I go. And that's where I stand. Some people get caught up on things they don't need to get caught up on. And we'll just leave that there. Jesus is about to say something shocking to the people who've been taught their whole life about the importance of keeping the outside looking good. Before we go deeper into that, let me just help you this morning. I am all for the outside looking good. I am all for people looking like Christians and acting like Christians. But I will tell you this, the problem is, I, and I'll say in the past too, just on, hey, you need, you need to look like a Christian. But this is something I want you to understand. It, if the heart's in the right place, you will look like a Christian. You won't have a problem dressing modestly if your heart's in the right place. If your heart's not in the right place, you're not going to dress right. If your heart's not in the right place, you're not going to live right. Because whatever's on the inside is going to come out. So you can try and keep the outside hidden, but it's going to come out. It's going to be known. 
And so as we look here, we see Jesus' sermon begins in verse 15. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Now when a preacher gets up and preaches and uses words like nothing and always, I always just doubt that just a little bit because Baptist preachers and other preachers have a way of embellishing things at times. Not always on purpose, but it happens, okay? If Jesus says nothing, he means what he says. And his word is right, and his word is true, and so we can believe what he says. So basically now Jesus is answering the question from verse number 5. The Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Jesus' response is verse 15. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. The word nothing means nothing. Not one thing. Look at that verse there. There's not one thing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. The word defile means to corrupt, pollute, become unclean. So the Bible says not one thing, the word can, is able, which means there's nothing done to you or outside of you can defile you. The defilement comes from within. Say, well, what if I look at pornography? That's coming in. What drove you to look at it to begin with? That's from within. That's where it all begins. The inside. Oh, pastor, the life I've been living is the people I was hanging around. Now let's be honest, the life you're living because of what's inside of you and me. It's the flesh. Oh, pastor, I'm saved, and I'm so thankful to be saved. And I'm so thankful for the Spirit of God, and I'm thankful that He's there in my life, and I wish I never did anything I shouldn't do. But as long as I got this flesh, I'm going to always struggle with that. And so we see Jesus here, He calls the people, and you've got to think about this. What a radical statement for Jesus to make during this day. The religious thinking at the time was that if you could just stay far enough away from the defiling agents, you'd be good before God. And they concluded that the externals, you think about this, that sin came from the external stuff, like what you eat, what you touch, and what you wear. And Jesus says, no, that's not where it comes from. It's from within. That's where it all begins. And you've got to understand something. Hey, there are a lot of Christians, non-Christians, whatever the case may be, that think the same thing. Man, put on a tie, come to church, and everything's good. That's not what makes everything good. Some of the worst Christians in all the world are sitting in church this morning. Some of the worst Christians in all the world are preaching the word of God this morning. Say, Pastor, you want the worst ones? Yes. If Paul was the chiefest of sinners, I put myself even higher than him on the sinner list. 
Because uh, I read the Bible, and I've read that Paul's pretty good compared to me. You see, this morning, church, my problem is not my environment, it's not my upbringing, it's not my education. My problem, your problem this morning, is the sin that resides in our hearts. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. You see, if the Old Testament shows you anything, the Old Testament shows you that man could never fix man's ways. Man needed a new heart. And, the old, the, and what the Old Testament shows us and proves to us is that the world needed Jesus. He's the only one who could change a heart. That's why the Old Testament points to Jesus. That's what it does. Because God gave them chance after chance, and they kept going back and doing the same things over and over again. What they needed was a transformation. And that transformation comes from Jesus Christ. We see number one this morning, we see the call by Jesus. He wanted them to listen in and to comprehend what he was trying to say. Number two, we see the concern of the disciples. We look at verse 17, and when he was entered into the house, and where is he at? He's been in Capernaum. This is probably the house that he's been in and out of several times in the book of Mark. This could be Peter's house for all we know. It says, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. We see that Jesus now moves from the crowd of people to with his inner circle, the disciples. And Matthew 15, verse 15 tells us that then asked Peter and said unto him, declare unto us this parable. So Peter's the one who asked the Lord to explain even more. And I love, I love how in the book of Mark, and we know that John Mark wrote this under inspiration, but he's really giving Peter's details about everything. I love how Peter just leaves himself out of all of this. I like that here in the book of Mark. But Peter's the one who does this here. And the Savior responds there in verse 18, and he says, Are ye so without understanding also? I think Jesus' thought was, I get the religious people aren't going to get it. I get the crowd is maybe confused. But you guys don't get it. And you notice how he brings the message to them individually. Verse 18 there, are ye, are you so without understanding also? Just a reminder for you that biblical preaching must always be personal. There's a verse that I'm going to give you here in just a second. Before I ever preach a message in church, I try to hold to this verse. Ezra chapter number 7, verse number 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. You know, before Ezra ever preached it and taught it to Israel, he prepared his heart. 
and he put it in his heart to live it and do it. And then he taught it. That's what I strive for. That's what we need today. After personalizing the preaching, Jesus goes back to what he said in verse 15 there in verse number 18. Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? And because they just don't get this, Jesus is he's repeating it. Repetition is the key to learning, kind of, you know. And so he's just repeating this over and over and over again. And then he goes even deeper to help them here and give them something that will help them really get it. He goes down to, we'll say he gives, he goes down to gut level, stomach. He uses an analogy in verse 19, they will not forget. And sometimes that's important. Look at verse 19. Because it entereth not into his heart, but, go, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. The word heart here is not the physical organ. It's referring to who we are, not the physical heart. And you know, today we think about it. For your heart and your heart health, there are certain things that's probably better to stay away from, right? But that's not what he's talking about right here. Like I've heard the saying that for every slice of bacon you eat in your life, you take five seconds off your life. I'm at like three days I've lost because of all the bacon I've had in my life. Someone the other day, I was somewhere, and they're like, Pastor, oh, it was last night. I was at a birthday party, and they had pizza and salad there. Like, Pastor, I have salad here. And I made it clear, I didn't lose all this weight eating salad. I still eat all of the bad things I did before, just very little of the bad things. I had pizza last night. Not very much, but I had pizza. I want all the animals in this world to be able to have all the lettuce and all the things that they need. It's like a cycle. Think about this cycle. The animals eat the lettuce and the vegetables. I eat the animals. And then it's just, so I get my nutrients from the meat, from right, and it pass along somewhere in there. But that's not what the Lord's talking about right here. I'm going to give you a little anatomy lesson this morning. Very short and simple. When food enters the mouth, it goes into your belly. Your body digests it, and then at some point it comes out the other end. That's what he's talking about right here. Is the dirty, unclean stuff what you've eaten? Or what comes out later on? What comes out later on? That's the point that Jesus is making right here. And in fact, that kind of throws another little wrench in, these, in a lot of thinking here. There's meats you've got to abstain from. He says purging all meats. You see that right there? I don't have time to go deeper into that thought. There's a lot more I could go right there. But the point that Jesus is making, he's giving them an example to try and get the light to click, get something to turn on. You know, the... The hamster might be home, the wheel might be spinning, but you want the hamster involved. You want the lights are on, but nobody's home. He's trying to get them to be home and the lights be on. And so it's a great analogy. Because when you eat food, the f food that you eat, is it bad when, you when it enters you? Well, some people, if you, sometimes you do eat bad food, and that comes out really quick, but we don't talk about that. But when you eat food, that's not what defiles you. 
the food goes in, your stomach digests it, the unclean, defiled, comes out of the body. That's how it works with sin. Sin starts on the inside and comes out. That's what he's comparing it to. You might say, that's gross. This is what Jesus said, not me. And he used the word draught there, so he's, he's really being very polite about it. He's not going deep down like some people could. And I do believe that when you preach the word of God and when you follow the word of God and what God says, I think you do need to be careful the words that you use and the things that you say. With God's people, I am a firm believer in that. And, you know, the past couple days there were a few things that were said at our men's meeting that I did not appreciate the way it was said. You say, is it, is it, was it, at the end of the day, I wouldn't use it behind the pulpit, and I just think there's certain words that shouldn't be. And I think that that's the right way to be. Because we see Jesus' example here. He could have got real graphic right there, but he doesn't. But you get the point of it all, right? The food you eat is not what defiles you. It's not dirty. It's after your body's digest, what comes out, that's the dirty that's how that's what, how it is with sin. It's on the inside that comes out. And Jesus is letting them know this, and we see this here. And verse number 20, you see what the Bible says. I put some verses there about some other thoughts, but we don't have time to get into those about dietary laws and things, but there's some verses you can look at. But you see in verse number 20, now the third time that Jesus repeats the main point of the message. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. So he pivots from the analogy to show that food that goes into a body is not what makes a person unclean, but what's expelled from that body is what makes you unclean. Food is not dirty, but what is expelled is dirty. That's how it works. Now when we tie all that together, we see this morning Jesus calls them to listen in and to understand. And then we see the disciples still don't get it even. If the disciples don't get it, how's anybody else going to get it? So he breaks it down even more. And I love the patience that Jesus had. He was apt to teach. I love that about him. And he explained it. And I think his analogy was a great analogy to help explain it to us and to the disciples here. And we see number three and lastly this morning, our concern. What can we take and apply to this message here? Now that he has their attention, because you go, you talk about that, he has their attention, right? Yeah, I, I got some of your attention. You're like, you're talking about the bathroom here in church this morning. That's what Jesus said. We're just going with what he said. Some of you woke up and were actually listening for a few minutes there. Verse 21 and 22 lets us know, look what it says. For from within... Out of the heart of man proceedeth, and then it lists all these things. Hey, evil's not just out here in this world, but it's literally in here, in me, in you. Talks about evil thoughts, goes through a lot of things. You see, the question is, do our problems originate 
outside of us or within us. Which leaves really two thoughts. Is man basically good or is man basically bad? And, you know, some people, oh, there are good people and good things. The Bible makes it clear that when it comes to us humans, there is none righteous. There is none good. No, not one. Genesis 6, 5. The Bible says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Say, Pastor, that's Old Testament. James 4.1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Hey, where do the fightings and all the war, where, do, where does all those things come from in our lives? From the members within us. That's where they come from. And so, as we look at this, Jesus then goes into verse number 22 and 23, and he tells them, he names about a dozen sins that have their beginnings on the inside and make their way to the outside. And this list is not exhaustive, but there are a lot of things here that I'm just going to run through them and give you a brief explanation of each of them. Letter A, we see adultery. Where does adultery begin? On the inside. No one one day just wakes up and says, I'm going to commit adultery today. David didn't do that. Started on the inside long before it ever happened. Adultery refers to sex in marriage with someone that you're not married to. Adultery is wrong and it's sin. And may I just remind married couples in the room this morning, you made a vow to your spouse. You did. That you'll keep only under her or him so long as you both shall live. That's what you said. No, maybe, maybe your spouse twisted your arm and you had to say, I do, I do, I do. I don't think that was the case. But adultery, it starts within. Jesus carries that even further in Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 28. And he says that we commit adultery even looking at someone lusting after them. Those are Jesus' words. I make it very clear, and it's known, and it's very, I got eyes for one woman. And she is the prettiest, hottest thing around. Say, did you say hot? I did. She is. So, well, there are, are there other pretty women in this world? There probably are, but I don't really care to look and find out. I've got mine. I'm good. My eyes are for her and her only. Adultery, it starts within. Letter B, fornication. Do you know this, for the word fornication, the word that's used right here in Greek is actually where we get our word for pornography from. Fornication is sex before marriage. There are things that God intended to be in marriage only. That's why we need to teach our young people to flee fornication. That's God's will. 
And we don't hear enough preaching on adultery and fornication today. Because it's still wrong and it starts within. Murder. Literally means to slaughter. Refers to the taking of innocent life. Which I believe includes abortion. Quiet when you start talking about all these things, doesn't it? Adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts. That's where we get the word klepto from, which means from which we get stealing. Why do people steal? It starts within. That's where it begins. People, their houses, you know, you have rioting and things go on and all these businesses get torn open and people go and take advantage of people and take all their stuff out of businesses and do those things. We saw a lot of that this last year. It's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. Adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, coveting. Coveting. Covetousness. Literally means to desire numerically more. Greed, wanting more. Wickedness, similar to malice and refers to deliberate meanness. Deceit, the word was used of trapping an animal through deception. Deceit. Lasciviousness, it's a big word we don't use a lot today. And this involves having no moral restraints. I think sexual abuse could be labeled under lasciviousness. There's a lot of things that could be labeled under this. A dirty mind. Envy. That's literally to gaze with an evil eye. and refers to jealousy. Blasphemy. Any kind of defaming speech. Where does pride come from? Within, pride. And then foolishness. Those who become morally and spiritually desensitized to things. You got to understand something. Man, you go through this list and the disciples, I think, understood at this time I think they understood what he was talking about. Sin starts within. And when we think about this, verse 23 tells us, all these things come from within and defile the man. That's why Jeremiah 17, 9 is so true. The heart is desperately above all, is desperately wicked, isn't the word? Or the word is deceitful. Above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Everyone is capable of doing any of the sin that was listed there. Say, oh, pastor, never me. I would never commit adultery. The man after God's own heart did. And when you start thinking something about yourself, you need to take heed lest ye fall. Because... You've got to understand something. If you're here on Sunday nights as we're going through the book of Romans, we are saved and God has justified us. He's sanctified us. 
We are set apart. And praise God for that. We've been redeemed. But we still sin. As long as we have this flesh, we'll still sin. That's why the Bible says in Romans 3, verse 10 through 12, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And then verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see how all and no, not one, it's all listed right there. We see those things. So what do we do with this? Man, there's nothing good inside of me. Man, that helps you out. That helps us out to figure some things out. That's why this world, that's why religion has it so wrong. Because religion says, hey, if I do these things, I can gain favor with God. I can do this and I can have this. But the Bible makes it clear, hey, there is nothing good inside of me. My very best is filthy rags in his sight. That's my best. So this world trying to live its way to get to God. Oh, good works. I can be a good person and get to God. No, you can't because there is no good inside of us. That's why our good works could never add up because we're not good enough. Because all of our problems, all the wickedness in this world comes from within the heart of man. That's what Jesus is teaching here. So what do you do with that? How, what, what, how can we apply this? First thing is this. You need a new heart. You cannot do anything about it. You need a new heart. Trying to keep external rules won't work. Your good will never be good enough. You and I, what we need is a new heart. We need to be born again. Think about what the Bible says in Ezekiel 36, verse 25 to 27. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness. And from, do you see how I will sprinkle clean water on you? The Lord does the work. And ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? Go to the next one. And a new heart also I will give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my commandments and do them. What the Lord said is, it's not going to work the way you've been doing it. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to have to do something here to make it work. When confronted with his sinfulness, David, in the psalm of repentance, in Psalm 51, verse 9 and 10, hide thy face, hide thy face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. He says, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. You see, this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're not saved this morning, and you're depending on your good works to get you where you need to be, you're mistaken this morning. Because there's no good inside of us. We'll never, we need a new heart. And that only comes through Jesus Christ and through salvation. But He's willing to give you a new heart. You must believe in him. And then the second thing this morning. Just some application. We need a new heart. Then number two, letter B. You need some new habits. 
you need some new habits. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? You need to put good things in. And good things will come out. Now, I'm not talking to someone who's not saved. Because you have that old heart. And you can try and put good in, but good's not going to come out because you have that old heart. You need that new heart that comes from Jesus Christ. And you need to put good in. Happens often. People will miss church for a while. And I'll go see them. Or I'll run into them somewhere. And it's very interesting. And I've had, Ryan's been with me a few times. Someone, we see someone who hasn't been in church in a while. And man, within five sentences, they probably have sworn seven times within five sentences. You know what that tells me? You're probably not putting good things in. Because what's on the inside is coming out. Say, well, pastor, what new habits do I need? Spend time in the Word of God. That's the habit you need. Bible talks about as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We need the word of God. You need to put the word of God in. Get some new habits. Instead of dumping all this world's trash in you, get the word of God in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Bible talks about that. Develop some new habits. See, the problem this morning is the problem of the heart. And Jesus was teaching them something that they needed, that the whole world needs. That totally changed thinking in those days. And Christians, sometimes we focus so much on do they look the part. We're doing nothing different than what the Pharisees did in their days. I will tell you this. If the inside is right, the outside will follow. If the outside's not right, the inside's not where it should be. People have looked at me in a lot of areas and they say, Oh, Pastor, you, you did a, you did focus a lot on externals before. I did. I probably focused on externals a little too much. So what do you focus on today? If they get right here, the external will follow. It will. I don't want a church full of hypocrites, even though we're all hypocritical at times. The inside needs to be right, and the outside will follow. Instead of getting the outside right, thinking it's going to do something, that doesn't how it works. You can conform all you want. You need a transformation. Isn't that what the Bible makes clear? I think it makes that clear. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, He is the only one that can change your heart. Man, we look at our world and our world has everything so backwards. You take the guns out of this world and there will be no more gun violence. And yet some of the strictest gun laws in the United States are in Chicago. And how many people were murdered this weekend by a gun? Because you can have laws in place, but bad people are going to do bad things. They're going to find a way to do bad things. A gun is not the problem. 
The heart is the problem. The wickedness that goes on around us, it's a heart problem. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need a new heart. And he's the only one who can give you that new heart. And then Christian, he's given you a new heart. He's given you the Spirit of God to live inside of you and to guide you through your day. And then, who do you yield your members to? That's, we've been talking about that in the book of Romans. We need to be yielding them to him, to the Spirit. We're going to have an invitation this morning just a moment. And as we do, whoa, time got away from me there at the end. Last time I looked at my watch, it was 9.25, and now it's 9.45. We're going to have an invitation here in just a moment. One of the things, one of the new teams that we started is a prayer team. During the invitation, if there's someone here that's not saved, i got someone who can show you from the Bible 